0: Parallel Quest is a podcast of Steel Lake Studio. To find out more, please head over to steellakestudio.com. Strap yourself into your spaceships and get ready to go on an epic adventure with the team of Parallel Quest as we discuss the movie Armageddon. Yes, a crew of oil riggers was chosen instead of astronauts to save the world from an asteroid the size of Texas, and Zach and I talk about this tale which we remember so fondly and hilariously. We hope you guys enjoy this episode of Parallel Quest. Welcome to Parallel Quest. This is a podcast where two friends talk about the stories we love and how they've impacted our lives. I'm one of your hosts, Cody Haggard, and alongside, or maybe better said, across the internet from me, my great friend and co-host, Zach Butler. Zach, how are you doing
1: tonight? What up, podcast world? I am great, man. Had a good day, had a good week. I just got back from Colorado, shredding the... The snow out west um so i'm all rested up ready to go for some more episodes man
0: all right man that sounds fun i have ne- I, I gotta be honest i've never been skiing or snowboarding out in colorado and oh, i man. feel like i'm i'm missing out on what skiing and snowboarding really is by never really going on a on a real mountain
1: yeah you know what i'm saying i mean it is stunning out west if you if no one's ever been out west especially to Colorado um it's like looking at a (laughs) like a a Microsoft screensaver man the whole time but it's real um yeah but it's 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 it was an awesome trip man it was a bunch of friends from college we all got a Airbnb together up in the mountains and skied and snowboarded for four days so um it was it was a great trip man you definitely got to make it out um yeah already do you even I don't think I've ever asked this do you know how to ski or snowboard? I know to snowboard. Yeah. I, uh,
0: well, it's been a while. It's been quite a while, but I was, I was one of those ski club kids.
2: Oh, uh, I, did it yes. for,
0: I did it for three years, uh, snowboarding. So I know, I know what I'm doing. I would definitely be a little intimidated by, by the mountains. So I'd, I'd take it real easy. Um, yeah, it's you know, different.
2: It's different out I've there. I've just, sure. I've just
0: heard too many stories about people like legitimately dying. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I'd take it, I'd take it easy. And, yeah. <laughs> take yeah. it slow work my way up you know i i was i was qualified for a black diamond back in the day hey but yo. you, you know you know i could nice. carve i i carve a little bit a little bit go. of carving get a little sendy out
1: there
2: yeah yeah
0: but uh, it's one thing carving at boston mills brandy wine uh, it's another thing shredding it up out <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, i'm sure it's slightly
1: different just a little though not too much <laughs> same concept Same concept.
0: So for those of you listening, today our main topic is the one and only catastrophical movie where a team of oil riggers saves the world from an (laughs) asteroid about to attack the planet. And yes, I am talking about a Michael Bay film called (laughs) Armageddon, but we're not going to talk about Armageddon quite yet. And before we get into it, I want to clarify On Parallel Quest, we like to talk about the stories we love and how they've impacted our lives. We are not film critics. We are not here saying that Armageddon is necessarily a great movie or even that it's a good movie, but it is a movie that for some reason or another, we still love. We'll get into that. Um, But I do want to start off by saying, Zach, man, what's what's going on in your life as far as stories go? Because that's what we like to talk about here at Steel Lake Studio. We like to talk about stories where trying to make some good stories. Uh, So so what are you watching? What are you reading? What are you consuming? What's going on in your life?
1: All right. So a big part of my life right now is QB1. And I'm not sure if I've talked about it on the podcast yet, but if I have, I apologize. Not yet. Because QB1 is, and my wife will attest to it, it is consuming my life at times um a lot of my free time (laughs) is spent watching high school football (laughs) Um, okay all right as i mean some of you might not know but cody and i we were high school teammates high school football teammates um our junior and senior year um we go back and uh just dude watching this show man makes me just think about and love what we did for those two years that we played together. Um, So QB one, for those of you who don't know, it's a show on Netflix It follows the number one rated quarterback in various States, their senior year of high school. So it takes you from day one of like their training camp all the way through their final game or into the playoffs. Um, And it just follows these, these exceptional quarterbacks, like the quarterbacks that you hear about and see on TV that are playing at Alabama, Ohio State, like the big schools. Um, And it just follows their daily lives. And that's what I love about it. Not so much the football part of it, but it's their, their stories and their interactions with their friends and their teachers and their coaches. Because as someone who played high school football, but it doesn't even have to be limited to that. It can be just you played a sport or a part of a group in high school, you'll relate to this show. Because it's just, it's about the friendships and like the bonds that these quarterbacks who are kind of at times like otherworldly, like they're just so good at what they do. Um, But then they're also just 18 year old kids. So like they want to go play video games, play Madden with their friends like on a Sunday. So it's just, it's crazy to me. How related, like relatable they are to me because it's like, oh, I would do that. Like, yeah, of course, I'd play Zelda on like a weekend, or yeah, of course, I'm gonna go like watch the JV game and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, what I just, I mean, what I love about it is just like the bonds that they have, and it's just, it's a great show. Um, it's lighthearted. Um, like, there's no, there's nothing bad about it. So, like, all ages can generally watch it. Um, And it's just—it's also cool just to see how intense some of the programs are, Um, because I feel like Cody, you and I came from a like a middle of the road intensity school. I mean, like we we were really good our junior year and really good our senior year, but um, I mean our coaches weren't making us go to—I mean it wasn't like. Oh man, I'm blanking on the movie now. Uh, remember the Titans where we like, right, right, ran right away yeah. for a week together. We're going
0: to, we're going to Gettysburg. We weren't going to Gettysburg, no, we going to Gettysburg
1: and like doing any of that. So it wasn't that intense, but some of these schools are man. So, um, but yeah, so right now those are there. That's the show that I'm watching. Um, yeah. I've, I've watched all three seasons of it multiple times. Um, you might ask, how the heck could you watch the same football seasons over and over? You already know what's going to happen. I know that, <laughs> and I still love it. It's still good, man.
0: Oh, man, that's awesome. And I just want to share a quick, like, fun story about football with you and I, Zach. Real quick. Now, like Zach mentioned, we had somewhat of an intense football environment. And what I will say is our head coach, a guy I really respected and loved and just Thought he was awesome. Also had him in class. Loved having him in class. Um, one day we had lost. A, we had lost a game, first game of our senior year, and I was out. I'd broken my leg. I just shattered. I shattered my ankle. I mm. uh, totally, totally destroyed that thing. Uh, didn't play. <laughs> didn't play it down my senior year. Um, but Zach and I, we were like, I can't remember even what we were doing, but we were like joking around after the game. And everybody had gone and I didn't think anyone was even there, right? Mm -hmm. I thought everyone was gone. We were like getting ready and packed up to go do the little after party thing we did after games. And we were just joking around. And then just terrifyingly our head coach just like (laughs) bolts in the locker room. And (laughs) he's just like, What are you guys doing in here? Don't you care that we lost? We're like, yeah Check your attitude. Check your attitude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he just like walks out, and like this is intense because even though I was hurt, I was still going. To everything like we had to come in <laughs> to practice the next day. And I remember to mentally prepare ourselves on the way in. We just listened to uh, Bob Marley's "No Woman, No <laughs> yeah. Cry," and just put the "Everything is gonna be all right" part on uh, on repeat. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: And>
1: just- <laughs> Everything's <laughs> just- gonna be all right. Oh man, that's kind of how we got.
0: Yeah, but after that, man, the team went undefeated, When nine mm-hmm. and one that year. That was pretty. That was pretty great. It was a great um, season.
1: That was a fun season, despite the fact that you weren't, you weren't in the game. You still came to everything, and it was ah, uh, uh, yeah, man.
0: I made, I made my, I had fun with it, dude. I, I remember yeah. I used to love conducting the uh, the band half the touchdowns <laughs> yeah. with my with my crutches. You know, that's oh, got to get into it a little bit. Uh, Good i was time. i was the best i was the best cheerleader we had That's that right. senior year of mine so any <laughs> any uh, cheerleaders from high school if you're listening to this yes, I will say i I did a better job than y'all senior year um, yep <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh man uh, anyway uh what I'm consuming these days in my free time uh and I'll be quick here watching a lot of parks and rec, I just love that show Ooh, it just yes it just it makes me laugh so much because. It is politically charged, but at the same time, even though you kind of know which side of the political spectrum most people who are making films and stuff fall on, they just poke fun at everybody. Not afraid to poke fun at everything, and it's always funny. It's always just, I I just think it's such a clever show, and at the same time, just full of characters who are just really, like, lovable, you know? Even though they're quirky and weird and uh, really, really caricatures of real humans oh, They're yeah. just lovable you know yeah you watch the show and it's like man you know I just wish I could spend one day in Pawnee and and really just be surrounded by the obesity and in <laughs> and, in and the love and just hang out with Leslie Nope for you know five minutes who's your favorite character
1: who's your favorite character
0: I think that the most interesting character is definitely Ron Swanson oh yeah yeah um yeah. And, but like if i were to pick a favorite uh just because uh, i just I, I think he's actually the most believable character in the show uh i just think he's really well written really well acted is is ben uh ben wyatt Leslie's oh, yes. uh, love interest and husband because he's the one character in the show who i could i actually even though he's got a very very uh caricature story arc Mm -hmm. He just is a very interesting guy, right? He he ran for mayor as eighteen, got got impeached because he, you know, made the town go (laughs) broke because he wanted to build an ice rink, which is so Minnesota too, right? Like that's that's the thing. So Minnesota and How do you go broke
1: from that? That's so funny
0: but really you know he comes in as this really hard like man I'm the finance guy I'm the guy who says no to everything yeah. and then because pawnee is such like a loving town and surrounded with all these people who are really nice in the parks department he, you know he softens up and i just yeah. think he's a he's a
1: really dynamic character i like ben he's uh, a good but, one i also and then, i mean the uh the running joke of him being hired on and quitting um the one yeah. job he's also the funniest guy at the, yeah. the office that's what I love yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah that's great man I, I really like that arc and then I I gotta give a shout out I think Leslie Nope is a great main character I know people have differing opinions on her depending on how you felt about the office and how Michael Scott the main character of that yeah. show, kind of drove the show
1: it's so hard but, yeah it's hard to not but, him.
0: but you can't you can't you got to think of it as a self-contained thing, and I think Leslie is a really good main character because of it just kind of shows and illustrates that sometimes it really is hard to be the person who's trying to do what's right in the room and do what's best for people. And and it's always made funny, but like you kind of feel for Leslie, like she's always trying to do the right thing. She's always trying to do what's best for Pawnee, and it's just so hard, right? Because people are so stuck in their ways. And oh yeah,
1: give her a hard time. <laughs> it would be so very difficult to be a part of like government in that town. Just yeah, how stubborn some of those people are. But
2: <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I agree.
1: I love Leslie. She was a I did. I also didn't like the comparison between her and Michael Scott. I just I think they're two completely different characters, but mm-hmm. yeah, Parks and Rec. It, I float back between office and Parks and Rec all the time, man. Yeah.
0: And, and here's what I'll say, and this is kind of where I stand. Um, the Office is a funnier show. Uh episode to episode, I think there's more laughs in the office. But mm. Parks and Rec has a better overarching plot and story. Um as really far as point. if you want something a little more
1: uplifting.
0: It's the Office really- is a very cynical show. Um, and it It, was meant to be that way.
1: Yeah, it's cynical, and I mean, you brought up just real quickly a good point there that, I mean, I don't really think I know the overarching plot of The Office all that well. I know episodes, and I know what happens Mm -hmm. in them, but I couldn't tell you what the main plot that's driving all the episodes is, whereas Parks and Rec, like, the first season is them trying to build or save that plot of land and build a park there like Mm -hmm. that's that's clear cut from the beginning where the office like you kind of like you hear about the layoffs and everything and it's kind of a failing paper company but then that's kind of pushed to the background and the antics Mm -hmm. become more of the the central plot whereas like very much so the main themes of parks and rec carry the antics and the plots and everything through
0: yeah Absolutely. And and I mean, the the office is set up more like a sitcom where there's a situation that is common to each episode, right? It's, it's the fact that it's a documentary about a dying paper company, right? And yeah. you also have to remember when The Office started, how TV shows were produced and developed was kind of different than when Parks and Rec started. Um, people were more interested in long-running narratives by the time that parks and rec started then when the office started uh it just kind of the shift i call it i call it the lost shift in in 2004 when lost aired it was able to suck people into wanting to be invested in these long-running tv dramas right and in in the realm of comedy that wasn't really being done And then they kind of started experimenting with it and stuff like that. Because most comedies in the past, you know, you got the iconic Seinfeld. Like, you didn't need to watch Seinfeld in order. It might help you understand the characters, but you didn't need to. Um, And then they kind of started experimenting with it in comedy. You know, The Office kind of took that shift about halfway through the series to having trying to have some type of connecting plot. Um, But anyway, I'm kind of rambling at this point. We got to (laughs) talk about Armageddon.
1: Armageddon.
0: All right. So, all right. We're going to talk about Armageddon. I'm going to let you take the lead on this, Zach, but I got to let our audience know why we're talking about Armageddon first. (laughs) A while back, Zach and I decided we were going to start a different podcast where we were going to talk about board games and it was going to be the best board game podcast ever. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, uh, I was in a situation in life. I was in grad school. I had two babies, a third one on the way. I just wasn't playing a lot of board games. I just didn't have time. You know, my wife and I at the end of the night were like, oh, hey, you want to play a board game? No, I'm exhausted. So so anyway, even though both of us love board games, a podcast for us to talk about board games, just it wasn't going to happen, right? It just it wasn't probably the best thing for us to do. Um, So in our first episode, we were talking about the media we loved, our favorite stories we loved, and Zach totally took me by surprise. You know, I came out there, I was like, "Oh, Lord of the Rings," right? You guys heard our first episode. I talked about Lord of the Rings, and you know, Zach was like Star Wars, and we kind of talked about some other things too. And then somehow or another, um, Zach throws out one of his favorite movies is Armageddon, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Man, didn't didn't <laughs> see that one coming." Did didn't see that one coming, man? Oh, like, man. you just you know, wait, me. man.
2: It's
1: it's it's, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good.
0: So anyway, we did our first episode of of Parallel Quest, right? And we go over some of the most influential stories. And when Armageddon didn't show up on Zach's list, I was like, Hey, dude, what the heck, man? Like, where was? <laughs> Where was Armageddon?
1: I was a little embarrassed at that point. <laughs> I thought everyone loved it. It was the first time I hadn't heard someone love it. I didn't know it was received in such a way. I thought everyone thought it was like a legendary film, like right up there with Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. And and then you went to Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, well, as I started researching this film, I, I honestly, my eyes were opened. Like I did not realize because this movie was shown on tv which might have been the first red flag but i didn't know that at the time but it was shown on tv so many times i was like people gotta love this movie it's being shown so much but little did i know that they're probably just showing it because nobody's watching it and they're like well we'll just put it on to fill some time but
0: (laughs) (laughs) here's a question for you when did you find out it was a michael bay film
1: Oh, dude. Honestly, it might have been college, which was a good seven years after. No, it's more than that. It was probably a good yeah, probably
0: more than that. That came out when we were pretty young.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, I didn't see it when I was that young. I was a little older when I first saw it. But I think, I mean, it was probably college when when I saw. It was probably a good. I don't know. Ten years later it would have been two thousand eight. So, 11, 12 years later is when I found out Michael Bay directed it. Because, I mean, I just, I didn't care. I was like, this movie's, like, awesome, man. It's like, whoever did direct it should win an Academy Award because it's so sweet. But then I found out it was Michael Bay. I was like, ah, that makes sense. It makes sense
0: why people don't (laughs) like it.
1: Well, now it's all connecting. (laughs) But
2: anyways,
1: man. Let's get into Armageddon here. Let's get into this. I'm really curious about all this research and history
0: you've done uh, cuz I've done some research on it and I found some things I I thought were just utterly hilarious. Oh yes, but I'm sure. Let's There's Let's a get lot. into this brief history here. <laughs> There's
1: a lot to be to be learned from this movie. So, as we already said, Armageddon was a 1998 film released and directed by the legendarily bad Michael Bay. And you might ask why is he being described as legendarily bad? Well, let's run through some movies that Michael Bay has been a part of. Bad Boys, which it was kind of had a cult following, but is not the best movie. It's very, very cliche. Um, he also directed Pearl Harbor, which was, in my opinion, also a great movie. Did not get very good ratings. Um, what a lot of this is going to tell you about me is I love Bad Boys rated movies. So a lot of I think Pearl Harbor had a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes, which was surprising because I thought people (laughs) loved that movie.
0: (laughs) But Pearl Harbor also can't we were significantly younger when these movies came out too. And that's who Michael Bay Michael Bay makes movies for 14 and 15 year old boys.
1: And he is on record saying that. He's on record Mm -hmm. saying I make movies for like teenage boys. And I love Mm -hmm. him for that because he made my teenage years awesome. So, yeah. going down the list some more, um, he's also what everyone probably knows him from are the Transformer movies. Um, he and to his credit, like he kind of revitalized Transformers um, for a while. There, the cartoon was dying. Um, it's kind of it lost its like luster from like the nineties and the eighties. Um, so, honestly, I. For how bad the movies ended up in the long run, like let's just set that aside. I'll take that, but it's also because of him we had Transformers kind of rebooted again um, in a popular way. I mean, it was popular there at least in 2007 when Transformers came out. It was a pretty stinking popular movie. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone saw it. So, <laughs> and Can then I say
0: this about Michael Bay. I just thought of this. <laughs> okay, not trying to cut you off. Michael Bay is the Nickelback. Of movie directors. Oh
1: man, I hate that you're so right on that.
0: Everybody loves to <laughs> knock Nickelback, right? But you but you, you know. know. <laughs> you know you listen to Photograph listen in to your private time. <laughs> you
1: know you like. Because everyone's singing it along to Nickelback when it comes on. Even if it's ironically, you're still singing along. Oh man, this band sucks. <laughs>
0: yeah. But you know all the words.
1: But I'm going to go ahead and sing it. Exactly. <laughs> um... Just to round this whole thing off, the average rating of a Michael Bay movie is 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. I
0: love that you did that math. That's amazing.
1: So that should tell you everything you know about Michael Bay. But we're not here to talk about Michael Bay. We're here to talk about his awesome movie, Armageddon, which was was so good. I showed it in college to friends, and they cried when they watched it because it was good, not because it was bad.
0: It it is a little emotional there at the end. I mean, that that was music
1: kicks in, and oh man, Bruce Willis. That's
0: that's a a cheap shot by Michael Bay. Uh, That's a that's (laughs) a freebie on the tears, man. You got, but it made me feel uh, good. Let's do our obligatory spoiler warning. If you guys don't know, this is this is your first time. uh, If you listen to a Parallel Quest podcast episode, everything is spoilers. Uh, Everything disclaimer disclaimer over.
1: Also, this came out in 1998, so if you haven't seen it yet go watch it it's still gonna be as yeah. awesome um so the stars here's the thing with a michael bay movie also i gotta understand everybody who's an action star is in the movie which makes the movie so much better so in armageddon you got you got everybody in this movie man you got bruce willis ben affleck owen wilson billy bob Thornton, Liv tyler steve buscemi keith david I mean, the list goes on and on and on.
0: Oh, man. Michael Clark Douglas. You Michael, gotta give Clark Michael Clark Douglas. Douglas, Douglas rest in
1: peace. I mean, that everybody who was an action star or in a big movie in the 90s and the early 2000s was in this movie. And they mm-hmm. knew it. They knew they wanted to be in it because it was going to be an awesome movie. Um, so just pretty much every star was in it. Um as we already said before, it is a classic teenage boy movie. Michael Bay makes movies for teenage boys. Um, the bit the most recent one on Netflix that has come out was that like Six Underground, I think it's what it's called. It came out. I saw it on Netflix briefly, and I watched it for the first 15 minutes, and I was like, this is the longest car chase scene I have ever seen in a movie. Like it got the one of Ryan Reynolds? Yes, yes. So I watched the beginning of it because I was like, this looks interesting. And it got to a point where I literally was like, I am still watching the same scene. Like, I never, like, it's not, okay, I studied a little bit of film in college that was part of my major. It's not really generally good when you're watching a movie to be like, man, this is going on a long time. Like, usually you're losing the audience. Once they become self-aware that they're watching a movie, that's usually when you start to lose them. and. So, I stopped it at like 15 minutes and it's still, the, it's still the same car chase scene. And I was like, man, why is this movie so bad? Like, I wonder who directed it. And of course, it was Michael Bay. So, so but I'm sure if I was a teenage boy, I'd be like, man, this was See, that, makes, thing ever. that
0: makes a lot of sense because I watched the trailer to it and I was like, man, that was extremely stimulating.
1: Yes. And, and it all makes sense now. Michael Bay the colors are real bright and everything. Yeah. It's a Michael Bay movie if it's got like those deep, rich colors. How many times are we gonna cut here? Oh, I know. I, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I'm having a seizure. Um <laughs> so, anyways, for those who don't know or haven't seen Armageddon, the plot line, as Cody said earlier, what is essentially an asteroid is threatening Earth, all of life on Earth, and NASA recruits the best. I can't even say without smiling, but <laughs> NASA right. recruits the best <laughs> oil drillers. <laughs> On the planet to send them up to the asteroid and to destroy it with a nuclear warhead. Yes, that's an actual plot line of a movie and it happened. So
0: (laughs) also, please clarify with us how big the asteroid was, because I think that the size of the asteroid is repeated multiple times through the movie.
1: It is the size of Texas, so (laughs) it will hit the Earth with like, I forget the number, it's like 100,000 like, nuclear warheads, like pretty much all of life is destroyed because an asteroid the size of Texas hits the Earth, no matter where. Like, it doesn't matter where it's going to hit. It's going to kill everything. So anyways, if you can get past that part, um, a fun fact at this moment, I would like to point out that despite how crazy the plot line is, J.J. Abrams was one of the nine writers. I'm going to say that again nine writers <laughs> worked on this script. So there were nine people who sat down and wrote this and were like, this is, yep, this is all we got. This, this is what we're making. And JJ J. Abrams was one of those people. And JJ J. Abrams, as you guys know, is part of the whole star Wars reboot. He wrote and directed the first, uh, the force awakens. And he was part of, and I think he wrote the script for the last one too, the mm-hmm. rise of Skywalker. He did a Star bunch Trek, of Star, Star Trek, and then one of my favorites that's actually a really good movie is Super 8. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, J.J. Abrams, he also created Lost. That's kind of where he got his big start. Um, so, yeah, he was one of the nine writers that worked on this script. Um. Before we go into this, <laughs> the awesomeness of this movie, I want to point and, out... And-
0: and can I say something about Abrams? Abrams okay. is really starting to creep awfully close to being in like a Michael Bay territory <laughs> with how people think about him. It's like, the
1: Michael Bay effect, man.
0: Like the Star the Star Wars fans are raging at Abrams, man. They hate him. Mm-hmm. Like the hardcore Star Wars fans are really hating Abrams. But here's one thing I'll say. Um, Abrams is really good at making movies that make a ton of money. Yes. Like, He's got, the, he's got the gift. He's got the gift of like, all right, we're bringing J.J. Abrams in here. Doesn't really matter what anybody says is going to make a lot of money.
1: Exactly, you know? and I think mm-hmm. Michael Bay can make the same claim because despite right. the yeah. fact that these movies score generally low, they score or they make a ton of money at the box offices. I mean, they are, they are always summer blockbusters. Like They always make a bunch of money. They always come out during the summer. They always draw lots of teenage boys to him. I mean, you're going you, to make money when you have Michael Bay on your team. Despite the fact that Armageddon received a 38%, which broke my heart when I saw um, on Rotten Tomatoes, um, but I would also like to say it was a blockbuster globally. It grossed the, it was the highest-grossing film worldwide. So that take that for what it's worth, the uh the The movie scored low, but like made a ton of money around the world so mm-hmm. I don't know what that says about JJ bro or I mean uh, Michael Bay, but i I was one of those people that would have paid. Well, I bought the DVD, I mean, so I, I don't know if I contributed to the the box offices, but I paid for this movie so it's just it's kind of that classic. Easy to
0: draw people in type of story. You got blue collar guys going to stinking outer space, man. You got you got guys who are rigging oil, all of a sudden going up and saving the planet. You know, saving the planet,
1: oil driller's dream.
0: You know, is and it's just like blue collar guys saving the world. Who does who doesn't love that story? Who doesn't love that plot line? Right. I mean, (laughs) regardless of the execution. You oh, saw that you you saw the trailer for the movie and you're like, Man, I want to see that because that seems so cool. If you're a teenage boy, and if you're a grown adult, you saw it like, man, I want to see that because that looks so stupid. <laughs> that is
2: the dumbest <laughs> it's, just
1: like, it's, it's like the win-win. It's it's definitely the win-win, man. Um Armageddon was criticized obviously for its scientific accuracy. Um I don't oh, know come what, on. It's I a don't movie. where that's coming from. I mean, if I know if if there's one thing I think about when I think Michael Bay, it's it's accuracy to whatever he's doing, right. I mean, he studies his material. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't he doesn't take any shortcuts, man. So yeah. um the other thing it was, and I could see this point. Um it was very it was similar to Deep Impact, which was another sci-fi like action movie that came out around the same time. Um that had a similar plot line. But if I'm going to be honest I never watched it so <laughs> um, I'm sticking with Armageddon here because I never saw Deep Impact so um yeah those were some of the criticisms of it um I'd like to point out that at one point apparently this is what happened um that on set Ben Affleck came up to Michael Bay at one point and was like hey Michael quick question about the script Michael was like go ahead Ben and he was like um Why, I just had a question, why would, why would NASA, like the leading science organization in the world, recruit oil drillers to go to the (laughs) asteroid and not just have oil drillers train NASA astronauts to drill? (laughs) Would that be a little easier and make a little more sense? And to that, Michael Bay said, shut up. Go act.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that's kind of funny is if you do a little research on NASA, even when they don't have active space flight programs, they still have astronauts in training, like regularly. Yeah. So it wouldn't it's not that hard to believe that, oh hey, we could work this into the astronaut training program. And these guys train for years. Uh, it's, you know, sometimes like 18 months to two years before they even leave the ozone. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it's an intense program. Being an astronaut's no joke. And no. so the logic of the oil rigger thing, <laughs> I mean, it just kind of plays to that power fantasy of like, yeah, man, oil riggers, American, yes. these blue collar boys going to save the planet. No I
1: mean, big deal. They're gonna they're gonna learn how to operate and fly a spaceship. Like, that's no the, I mean, problem. All of them have perfect vision. They all pass <laughs> like all of their health tests. Like all of them are just like specimens. Absolute specimens. Also, also from what I remember of the movie, like
0: n- all of them like dramatically fail on their psychological evaluations. <laughs> yeah, that's, don't
1: they? True. Yeah, they all fail the psychic exam. <laughs> it's so great man it's so great
0: which is like wait we're seriously gonna send these guys to save the
1: world (laughs) a bunch of psychos going up to drill a hole and drop a nuke in it and the the thing is that doesn't really ever get like all that addressed um is the fact that like actual astronauts are going with them like that would be the worst job like as an astronaut i'd be like you're sending me with oil drillers to an asteroid like there was no other job that I could have like been qualified for, but you're like, this is the one, like we got to send you out. Like that would have been horrible, horrible to be a pilot <laughs> flying these <laughs> jokers up to an asteroid that are all <laughs> psychos on your, on your ship. So um, anyway, so a couple more things that I had in my wonderful research time on this movie, it was honestly so great just going back and reading through some of the stuff and I got to watch it and it just made me smile the whole time. Um, just kind of reliving Armageddon again. Um, Bruce Willis apparently won two, two worst actor awards, which is <laughs> amazing because like it's great. I mean, he's a generally a good actor regarded yeah, as Bruce Willis is a good actor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he won two worst actor awards from the golden raspberry awards and the stinker awards, which are both like independent publishing, uh, like papers and uh, magazines <laughs> in Hollywood. <laughs> Apparently, they give out awards and everything. And Bruce Willis won two of them, so good on you, Bruce. Um, and then the last thing I had is Aerosmith won best original song at the Golden Satellite Awards, and they were the iconic like sound like song um soundtrack to that movie it was I mean it's totally Michael Bay, get the biggest rock band at the time <laughs> to play some songs for you um if you guys see the movie, there's absolutely no way you're not gonna recognize aerosmith I mean it's oh, a yeah. culminating song in one of in two scenes actually, um but I will say like despite Aerosmith, like set them aside, obviously they're amazing like this. The soundtrack was really good in Armageddon. I mean, it hits you, it's it's dramatic. It's overly dramatic at points, but it's it hits you hits you right in the heart, man, when you're when you're getting to some of those emotional scenes and yeah. it doesn't look too good for Bruce. And it's, it's my, really <laughs> you.
0: we're not all gonna make it out of
1: here. <laughs> it's so good, man. It's so good. Um, so that's all I had for my research, man. Um, I don't know what, what else you got on your end. Yeah. The only thing
0: that I, um, found was there was like some discrepancy, like publicly a journalist took it one time as Michael Bay saying that he regrets ever making Armageddon and supposedly that's not what he really meant. And so there's some controversy over it. And, and, it basically came down to the fact of like, he just kind of wish he would have did some things differently. Yeah. But I just, you know, kind of researching this for the first time. Yeah. I never, I never realized it was a movie that was just <laughs> so, so made fun of. And, you know, as I think about it, it's like, okay, well that actually makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I know I kind of tease Zach about this a little <laughs> bit, but this, this actually is a movie that I have seen a ton of times. I've seen it a ton of times, and I'll I'll tell the backstory than that when we kind of get into our impact section. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, you know, when I saw that the Rotten Tomatoes scores were so low and that this movie's like totally joked God. on, I was like, I was like, you know, this I I didn't know this, and and that's also kind of a testament to our time when we were growing up. Rotten Tomatoes might have been around, but if you saw a movie review, it's because you read it in the newspaper. Yeah, and most people. Most people of of like the movie-going crowd were probably not looking at reviews or caring what critics said. It's like, this trailer was cool. I'm going to go see it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what made Michael Bay so successful with Armageddon was the marketing was just like, dude, saving the world from an asteroid? What a good story. I'm sold. I'm there. Here's my $7 or whatever it was in 1998. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, I think that I mean that's a really good point. Is just especially for me, like I was eleven or twelve when I first saw it. So it was actually a little bit after when the movie actually came out. They were still showing it on TV. Um, I joked before, but it probably was just like, oh, this is a movie that fills a perfect time slot because it's like a very classic action movie. but it really, I mean, during that time, nobody our age, especially young teenage boys, are not going to go look for movie reviews. We're just going to go see what looks cool. And at that, also at that time, like you didn't have an easy access to online reviews. Like there wasn't a Reddit. There wasn't like. Message boards that talked about movies. Like I can go in online now and just see like, okay, does I, this movie has piqued my interest? What are people saying about it? It was you saw a trailer, you looked at your buddy, and you're like, we're gonna go see that because that looks awesome. And I don't, right. I don't know if it's gonna be good or bad. You didn't know until the end of the movie. And even mm-hmm. at the end of Armageddon, I thought it was a good movie until <laughs> I started doing research on it, and then yeah. I guess it's most people thought otherwise, but. I mean, I saw the movie, um, <clears throat> I saw the movie the first time when I, I, I want to say I was like 10, maybe nine, it's It's—it's hard in that range, it all kind of blurs together, but I saw it, I know I saw it on TV, I didn't see this one in theaters, I actually never, I never saw Armageddon in theaters, um, but I saw it on TV uh, with my dad, and it was just, it was like the evening time Um, it was at night and we were just sitting in my dad's den. He had it like, it was, we had two TVs at my house when I was younger. Um, We had one in the living room, but for some reason the family always gathered in my dad's den and it was like a worse TV. There was not no seating. Like we could have all sat out in the living room and all had a seat, but we all chose to sit in there where my dad had a seat and my mom had a seat. And then me and my brother sat on the floor. Um, But I just remember sitting there and we were watching this movie and I was just amazed at how action-packed something could be. And <clears throat> I know this is coming off of me watching Star Wars, but that's <clears throat> that was just like kind of a it was fantasy almost because it was just like robots and everything. This was like real life as much as it could be in a Michael Bay movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember, I just remember after seeing it, I also only saw the end. I never saw the beginning and I remember it was many years until I actually saw the beginning of Armageddon. It was one of those movies and I'm sure many people have this where it's like I've only seen that one part over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I always I always catch it at that one part. And for me Armageddon was that movie where I'd always catch it at the part where they were already on the asteroid and everything was going wrong and like Ben Affleck is like riding on the like the jeep warthog looking thing the four-wheeler and he's with like michael clark duncan and like (laughs) i just always caught it at that same point and would watch it all the way to the end and i'm always like man what like Mm -hmm. i wonder how they got there (laughs) because i never saw it and so it wasn't until i was in my teenage years that i finally bought the movie for five dollars at walmart and watched (laughs) it (laughs) found out you know
0: how awesome it was You know why that is? Why you saw the same part over and over again? Why is is, that? Is because it started at a non-peak television hour because it wasn't a super good movie. And it (laughs) ended at a peak television hour right before the thing that everybody actually wanted to watch began.
1: I choose not to believe that. Right?
2: Right? I'm right, dude. You know I'm right.
1: That it was at peak time it just so happened a good show was also on after it like armageddon probably came on like right when most families
0: were starting dinner you know and and was was just getting to its end by the time the dishes were were done and then a real movie comes on like alien and that's what people wanted to watch
1: i hate how right you are right now i just want you to know that i hate how right you are Cause now that I'm thinking back on like the time of day I watched it, I'm like, yeah, we just finished dinner. So what? Like, <laughs> you want dinner then a movie? Of course, you're gonna start the movie after dinner. <laughs> but <laughs> I always caught it at that one part, and I like the movie is just if you guys have ever seen it, any anybody listening has ever seen it. Um, it's it's so mm-hmm. cliche, but when you're a kid and you're a teenager, you don't know what cliche is. You're just like you're buying into it. You're finally you're learning why it's a cliche because it's used so much. Um but like the action, the acting, the the upping the ante, like things just continue to go wrong for this crew and now that I'm older and I watch it, I'm like, of course it's going to go wrong. Like they can't it's not going to be that easy. But as a kid, I was like, man, come on, just dig the hole why is it so hard to dig a hole you do it all the time on earth and (laughs) (laughs) dig it deeper man why do you got to keep switching out your blades and (laughs) it's a nuke just drop it (laughs) in a few feet and blow it up (laughs) like why do you got to dig to a certain foot but (laughs) i had to trust michael bay knows what he's talking about he knows what he's doing man
0: he's a scientist
1: scientist michael bay Bay. dr michael bay man
0: uh that's great man i loved listening to like the whole history, kind of your first experience with it, after you know, at the non-television <laughs> hours. And here's here's my background with Armageddon. And Dad, if you, if you're listening to this, you can correct me if I have any of my information wrong. So something you guys have to know about me and about us as a family is me, my dad, my brothers. We are movie rewatchers. We're rewatchers, <laughs> like. You know, some people are one-time watchers, which is my my wife. She's more of a one-time watcher, but I'm a rewatcher. I've seen Lord of the Rings more times than I, I've probably seen anything. I've seen so many movies over and over and over again. I've watched The Prestige no less than ten times. Um, I, I, I'm a movie rewatcher. <clears throat> so anyway, my dad was part of this movie club when we were younger. And he would get a movie every month, and you would watch that movie multiple times in that month till the next one came. And I remember when Armageddon came in the mail. Uh, my mom, my mom was doing night school at the time, and every night for the about a month, my dad pop in Armageddon. It's like, yeah. You guys want to watch Armageddon? We're watching Armageddon again. <laughs> so, so I've seen Armageddon a lot of times, and, and I, I was probably I was probably uh, eight or nine when I first saw it. So wait, and, whole,
1: your dad would get a movie, and there would only be one movie for a whole month. Yeah, he would. He, no, 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 no. You you kept the movie. So like we could watch any of the slow oh, okay.
0: movies we had, but we just we liked to watch the uh, the same one, the, the newest one. But but Armageddon was one of those ones that the rewatching lingered on for for many years. And my dad, my dad likes Armageddon. He really likes the movie. Um, So my dad, my dad is a fan
2: oh, of Armageddon. So There's
0: and uh,
1: dozens of it, us. <laughs>
0: You know, we should we should actually probably we should probably get dad on here sometime, and you know, you yeah, guys you should can talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, boy, I like,
1: could have a Armageddon two point show where we just <laughs> reminisce our good old days.
0: So, so this is watch? this is how this is how well my dad knew Armageddon. So my, you know, this is also before IMDb was a big deal. And there's a guy in there. There's a guy in there named Jason Isaacs and he plays like the the psychology doctor mm. or whatever. And he's a he's a British actor who's not extremely well known. He's not extremely well known. Uh, he's he's in a lot of things and the big movie he was in is he was in Harry Potter. And he plays Draco Malfoy's dad, Lucius oh. Malfoy. Oh my god! My, <laughs> my dad and I go to see my now. Granted, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets came out many years after Armageddon, uh, probably oh, many, at, yeah. at, probably like four years after. Yeah. So my dad and I have seen, seen <laughs> Chamber of Secrets in the movie. We're in the movie theater, <laughs> and remember, guys, this is like pre IMDb. Jason Isaacs. I don't even know how my dad found this guy's name out. Right, like. You'd have had to have, like read the back of the box and like deduce <laughs> yeah. who was who. You know, I, I don't know. He like, he was look a at wizard. That
1: fine print my, at the bottom that lists everybody.
0: You know, or, or maybe my dad was like an early IMDb adopter. <laughs> I don't know. We weren't like a big internet family back in the day, but uh, somehow or another, he knew who Jason Isaacs was. And we're in the middle of like Chamber of Secrets, and my dad's just like, "Cody, do you know who that is?" And I'm like. No. I I, I I don't. It's like come on. That's 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 the doctor from Armageddon. <laughs> that's the, you know the, the psychological doctor and you know it's not really ringing any bells, man, That's
2: not a big part of That's
0: like a, like a super duper supporting character in the in Armageddon oh like
1: 10 seconds of screen time. <laughs> that's that's like
0: as supporting as it gets, right? Uh, and my, and my dad knew who it was. He knew his name was Jason Isaacs. And now because of that, now I forever know who Jason Isaacs is. And you know, all the movie season. It it's just kind of fun this funny like trickle down effect, right? And uh any you know, that's that's every time I think of Armageddon, I don't think of Bruce Willis. I don't think of Ben Affleck. <laughs> I don't think of Liv Tyler. I think of Jason Isaacs. Jason. And and that will be forever how I think of Armageddon. Oh. And for for you listening, I hope you enjoyed that and you got a good laugh out of it because I think it's funny oh, and it's true. So <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: it's true.
1: Oh, dude, Jason Isaacs, man. Now, now I got to go back and, and watch. It again, just to define, because he's so insignificant in the movie. I can't even, like, it's I know who moral. you're talking about, but I can't picture the scene. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about, but <laughs> that's amazing. Your dad oh, is a movie savant, if he can remember that. Like, yeah, and, that guy on the spot.
0: And I'm typing it in right now to Google. I'm looking up Jason Isaac, <laughs> Armageddon. And I'm going to get a quick screenshot of him because for uh, example, it, you look at him in Armageddon and then you look at him in, uh, Harry Potter. And he's like a totally different looking guy. Like it, it you, I don't even know how my dad recognized it. Cause he looks totally different. He doesn't have the glasses. He's got like long blonde hair. Yeah. He was also in the Patriot. He was the bad guy in the Patriot, which was probably his biggest role he ever had. Yeah. Um,
2: Oh,
1: but man.
0: anyway, just, just that's so, awesome. so funny, man. Right? Like,
1: uh, I mean, that's that's like what makes me so happy is just he can, <laughs> because like I was I was the kind of like I watched it so much that like I could quote entire scenes, just by heart, but recognizing that insignificant of a character in another movie. It's a whole nother level of rewatching, man. Like oh, I, yeah. I saw it a bunch, but my
0: goodness, that's. Yeah. My, my dad, he's like, when he likes something <laughs> and he wants to get to know it, man, like he, he learns it. He and I are actually very similar in that. You've known me for a long time mm-hmm. and you know, the things that I get really into, I like get really into. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. And, and so I definitely get that from him.
1: Oh man, dude, he was in Dragonheart too. Oh man, it's you're just
0: you're time. just doing the whole IMDb thing. I was man. just because
1: I was like, I gotta see it. But you're right; he's the he's the doctor in it, man. I just and now for
0: for Parallel Quest listeners, Jason Isaacs will forever be a household name. Yes, you're you're welcome. You are welcome. He's I'm actually a pretty talented actor.
1: You're gonna be looking for him in in upcoming movies.
0: He's very good in The Patriot. Very good in The Patriot. A and. Movie I highly recommend The Patriot. If you haven't seen, have you seen The Patriot, Zach? You've seen The
1: Patriot. I've seen The Patriot. It was a long time yeah. ago, though. I just remember, I remember bits and pieces of it. I, I mean, uh, Mel Gibson. I love Mel Gibson, so I'll watch whatever he's in.
0: So uh, that's, that's like the, that's the one story I really wanted to tell about Armageddon like that was that I was most excited to talk about that, and i I've got it out there and off my chest uh, but, <laughs> but Zach, do you, do you have anything else about Armageddon because this is your pick i I feel like we we've we've only scratched the surface. You love this 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 is in one of your favorite movies of all time. I think I, think I mean I got maybe
1: one more story for it. Have um, you. Have you
0: watched it with your wife? That's my question. Have you watched it with I your have, wife?
1: I have not done that yet. I have not. And okay. I just, part of me wonders and thinks, is she ready? Is Has she, she ready? seen it? I Did, don't. Do you don't, know if she's seen here's, it? Here's the beauty of watching, and baby, if you're listening to this, like you know, you know. The beauty of watching movies with my wife is she immediately forgets what she just watched upon completion okay. of the movie. So wow. I can watch anything I want as many times as I want because she will repeatedly be like, Oh wait, have we seen this? And I'll be like, yes, we've seen Lord of the Rings return of the King about 12 times because it's one of my favorite movies. And for her, it's like, I mean, it must be amazing to be her when watching movies. Cause it's I, I couldn't, uh, that is again. what, what a gift. I That's know. It's amazing. Every, because, you know, I mean, you know the times in your lives where you're like, man, I wish I could read that book again for the first time, or I wish I could watch that movie again for the first time. Yeah. I want to experience those feelings again. She actually experiences those feelings because wow. she cannot remember anything that she watches other than maybe like Gossip Girl, which is like a show she constantly watches. I don't X-O-X-O. know.
0: XOXO.
1: xo. yes. I, I hear it all <laughs> over the house, but never watched it. But that's probably one of the that and you are like the two shows she watches and this probably could tell me the oh, general dude. Line.
0: Have you watched you? Oh we could do an episode on that. I, I I gotta be honest. I don't I do not know how women or really anybody. I don't know how you can get through that show and be like, uh like I don't want to go outside. I don't want to talk to. I don't want to talk to anyone, <sighs> like ever. Literally, was, ever I
1: hated it's that like, show, man. Oh, it was such a bad show. I mean, we can. He was
0: a, he was it. extremely bad at hiding as well. Like he's he's like right there. So dude.
1: bad, <laughs> and it was it was just so. Odd. I'm like, how dumb are these people? Like, how do you not like this guy? Is the shadiest dude who acts like this. Who's who knows this much about everything you like without being like, Hmm, this guy must be looking at my Facebook. Like, yeah, he's just, I don't know. Well, it, it really, it, it, it
0: revolves around the story technique of, of the audience knows information that's withheld from the characters. And that's hard to make sense of. And I actually think that medium struggles in video a lot more than it does in a book. Um, Because in a book, that tactic actually works very well, especially when you are exploring um, psychopaths and sociopaths, because it's very interesting to be inside the mind of a sociopath. But when you're watching it in a video, it's like, how does everybody not see that this guy's
1: crazy? Like, he's been standing he, you there know? for 10 seconds talking to himself. Like, stuff like that. I was, right. I mean, also, it was what I, my research on it a little bit has been it was a book first right and it's kind of like how i expected the author to write the mind of like a male psychopath like a male psychopath like it's just yeah get some things right but it's like ah, i don't know like uh it's just to me a lot of it was like yes okay the cliche psychopath would do that okay he's doing that so it just like it after so many shows and documentaries and books that we've had on like deranged people, um, I just thought it'd be something new, but a lot of it was just the same, the same yeah. reuse tropes over and over again.
0: Yeah. And, and a lot of times these really like these creeper psychopaths who are like covert aren't really, aren't really quite like the real ones we know about in, in real life. Like you look at, you look at Ted Bundy mm-hmm. and you look at guys like Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. They, they, they basically kept themselves intact. Charles Manson ba- by brainwashing. Yeah. Ted Bundy by killing his victims. Mm-hmm. There's very few cases in real life where someone was really able to keep it under cover for long term without either having to brainwash, manipulate, or kill people. Right. And. Right. Eh, well, I guess, I guess there's a little bit of dying in you. A lot of people die, I guess. There's like two people in the first season. Oh, yeah. I didn't bother with the second season. It, 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 um,
1: it's just, yeah, it got to a point where it's like, there's such a body trail. This guy has to get caught. Like, and he's not clever about it. It's just it's kind of sloppy at times. And I'm just like, man, how does, how does this guy keep getting? It? I mean, obviously, how does he keep going with it? It's a show. Of course, he's got to. It's, he's the main character. Right. Right. And I think that's the appeal. It's like, he's a young psychopath main character like i mean to me i've seen or i've read american psycho and to me that was like okay this is a real crazy person and for you it was like okay this is the watered down version of american psycho because we Mm -hmm. need to put it on netflix instead of like having this crazy graphic book or movie Mm -hmm. so i think i think that's why i part of the reason why i didn't I wasn't a huge fan of it. It was just, it was like kind of a water. It was like, this is what I, if I could think of what a psycho would do. Okay. These are all the things he's doing. So if I can think of it, then it's probably not extremely like new or creative, but I mean, I'm just one person too. So if you loved it, like good for you. Like I'm not here to tell you what not to watch or what to watch, like or read or whatever, like enjoy the stories that you enjoy because that's all life. stories.
0: I'll be straight. I got, I got hooked into it. I was interested in it. Um, it definitely requires suspension of disbelief for sure. Yeah. And, and and I, yeah, I thought it was, was decently engaging until until like the last couple episodes I was like, all right, they've taken it to like the extreme (laughs) now. Yeah. And, and it was, I actually thought it was pretty engaging for the first half of the season. And Mm. then in the, in the latter half, it just really got, really got, you know, like, okay, he would, this, this would never, never work. And I, I, you know, I'm pretty good with saying logic doesn't matter in stories, but in a, what's supposed to be a believable suspense drama, you know, it's like, all right, man. Yeah.
1: I mean, the one thing I also wish they would have worked in more, what I thought they were going to work in more was the fact that he sold books. Like I thought more influences from his reading would come out in his like killings or his like thought patterns or how he was going to handle situations like i thought it was gonna be like oh this is how like so and so did it in the book so this is how i'm gonna do it but it was just more of like um i mean it was just more of a setting than anything i mean i get it she was also a poet or a writer so that also played into it because he sold books she wrote them like i get that But I just thought – I thought the themes of books would be more played out rather than, oh, this is just the jobs we do. And this is also where a lot of the story takes place. Um, I thought that – and, of course, they're adapting it from a book, so there's only so much liberty they could take with it. But um, I thought that might have been a cool way to take it. Um, They Mm -hmm. didn't take it that way, but – like I said, I mean it's, it's based off a book, so it's only so much they could do. Yeah.
0: And meanwhile, if you're listening, you're probably like, dude, Zach, you just got done telling me how much <laughs> you loved Armageddon, man, and you're knocking you right now. Like that's that's it got me on. Probably the thought process. <laughs> it
1: got me down a rabbit trail, man. But so uh, Armageddon. Give me a fi-
0: Give me a final take on Armageddon. Give me your up. final take, and we'll start wrapping it up here because we like to try and keep these about an hour and 15 or less. Yeah. So give me your final take on Armageddon.
1: So the last, and it's not, it's, I mean, your story definitely takes the, takes the gold here, man. But this, is, <laughs> this story comes from college. Um, I hyped this movie up so much my freshman year. And surprisingly, a lot of my haul and some of the other friends i made on campus had never like seen the movie they had heard of it but they hadn't seen it so one sunday we all come to my my room um with my roommate and we sit down and we watch Armageddon and i am so pumped to show this movie because at the sa- at that time my freshman year of college i'm like people like this is a great movie still i did, i have not learned that it's a okay movie I still think it's a great movie, so we're watching it, and we come to the climactic Bruce Willis scene where he's talking to his daughter. Somehow, a clear video from an asteroid to the Earth. They don't explain that, but it doesn't right, matter. Like live
0: streaming <laughs> from space <laughs> it a doesn't matter. No delay,
1: <laughs> it's perfect. It's 1998, but we're still right. getting perfect satellite image, and yeah. he's talking to her, and telling her how much he he loves her, and. How AJ, who's Bruce Willis or uh, Ben Affleck's character, is going to take care of her and how he finally has come around to see him as a son, even though he hated him at the beginning of the movie. And it's just like this big emotional scene. And I turn around and everyone is crying. And I am so happy. I'm like, yes, people are loving it. Like, this is exactly what I wanted. And then I look at my future roommate, um, who was also in that room at the time, and he is just cracking up. And at that moment was the first crack in the Armageddon armor that I was like, wait a minute. You shouldn't be laughing at this. This is the sad part. This is not the happy laugh part. That was at the beginning of the movie. That's when they were all joking around. This is sad. And that's also when he told me, like, he's like, that movie was so bad. I was like, dude, that's not a bad movie. movie. That's so bad. Like, Uh, (laughs) it was so cliche. That's awesome. And so Uh, anyway, all the girls were crying. My future roommate told me it was bad. I kind of shrugged it off and moved on with my life. I think that was also one of the last times I did watch (laughs) Armageddon. Not because of him, but just it kind of ran its course at that point. It was probably like the 30th time I watched Armageddon. And so I was like, you know what? Like, uh, I'm good. I got that movie like in my head. Like it's in my brain matter now. I can recall Whatever I want from it, maybe one of these days I will sit down and watch it with my wife, just to relive the glory days. But oh man, That's I think for great. the moment I loved,
2: I'm tired.
0: <laughs> I love that story, and we might have we might have to reach out. I know, I know. He- is he still over in Korea? Uh no, it was actually not him. It was a different one. Oh, different, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't different. Him? Okay, but uh, I right. actually
1: don't know what he's up to now. But maybe okay. we can get him on and see what he thought of it.
0: Yeah, well, let's just see what he thought. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he'd love to talk to us. But, dude, that was a good story. And <laughs> here's, here's one thing I'll say. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if the critics like it or the fans like it. If you love something that people don't really like, fully embrace that and love it. And, and that's fine. It, it doesn't make you a worse person if you like something that a lot of people think are bad. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things is I grew up playing a video game called Dynasty Warriors, and I just thought this thing was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> Me and one of my closest childhood friends just we played like every game in the series. There's like nine of them now, and I think <laughs> I've, I think I've played all of them. I have played the ninth one. It was pretty bad. Um, but then I, you know I started to read like some game reviews on down the road, and and I found out like most game review people like hate these games, and I'm like, dude, what the heck is wrong with the world? Like, <laughs> You go around, you're a Chinese warrior, you kill thousands of people. <laughs> not what's not to like? What's not to love about that? Uh, and so what that's made me do, it's just made me double down on my fandom of yeah, Dynasty exactly. Warriors. Like, <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: Now I, I just, I just embrace it. It's like, okay, it's bad, whatever, but I still like it.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's Armageddon. I'm always going to love. I'm always going to come back to, to that and, I'm never not going to see it in a good light. If anything, this has bolstered my, my love of it is seeing all the hate.
0: <laughs> also, Michael Bay, I uh, I think you've done some all right movies. I think some, some Michael Bay movies just get a little bit too much flack when at the end of the day, they're movies that are f- fun to watch. It's like, okay, well, that was cool. Yeah. I don't think it was I don't I you know it's not going to win any awards but it was cool. Yeah. Um
1: so if you're listening actually, to Michael Bay, we still love you.
0: Yeah, which he'll never will. Um <laughs> but also man this is this is another thing I'll say about Michael Bay. So I had heard like the the worst things about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies and I was like, "Oh man, these must be absolute garbage. I have to watch it." Um Cause I like, I like to watch things that people just say are so bad. I actually kind of get an enjoyment out of, I even get an enjoyment out of watching bad films. Yeah. Um, and I watched it and I was like, you know what? If, if I was a teenager or if I was a kid watching this, I probably would have thought it was, was pretty good. It wasn't, wasn't awful. I mean, granted the the Ninja Turtles are kind of terrifying looking, um, (laughs) They're but horrifying. I was like, you know it definitely it definitely gets like a solid c minus, you know, like
1: yeah, he tried
0: Is it's, it's like you know that was that was fun. I'm glad I didn't go to the theater to see it, but it was like it was worth the red box, you yeah,
1: know it was worth my dollar <laughs>
0: right that that should be that should be our movie rating system. Okay. it should be theater, stream, or red box. Because they're oh, all different yeah. pricings, right?
1: That is true. Yes, like, <laughs> we should. Honestly, that might be a new rating for us. <laughs>
0: or like, like only ever free. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's Hire only it. ever worth it if it's free. Yeah. So so let's let's make that our official rating system. <laughs> and uh Zach, go ahead. Armageddon. Where is it? Theater, mm-hmm. stream, Redbox,
1: only ever free. For me. I wish I could have seen it in theaters, man. I wish I could have. But I think the true rating is probably more closer to the Red box. Think- You're going for Red Box?
0: Just a dollar? It's only worth a dollar? Ah, man. Not even worth the not even worth the four ninety nine stream.
1: You're not ah. even gonna go with the If I'm being honest, Dang. if I'm being honest to the public and to our audience, it's probably Red Box. But if I were talking to younger Zach, if I was talking to nineteen ninety eight Zach, I'd have said Son, go see that in theaters. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. Well, guys, I'm sorry you're never gonna find Armageddon in a red box. So,
1: (laughs) unfortunately,
0: (laughs) so you're gonna either pony up the 4.99 for a stream, or you're gonna have to, you know, hang out on TNT for a while and see (laughs) if if it moseys on through. Yeah. Um, Might
1: be in a five dollar Walmart bin somewhere. <laughs> you know, I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna say this. Uh and Zach, I don't don't wanna hurt your feelings, but <laughs> Armageddon is very much worth your time if you can find it for free. <laughs> um, but outside of that, I couldn't recommend at this stage in the journey, um, spending any money on watching it unless uh, you you just are willing to throw away some cash. Um, but you know, you could use that dollar for a cheeseburger or, you know, you use that streaming money. You could get like, uh, a, most of a Chipotle burrito. There you go. Uh, so.
1: <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I have accepted it at this point.
0: <laughs> but I hope, I hope that this was fun. I had a ton of fun this episode. Uh, Maybe yeah. the most fun I've had yet on this
2: podcast. <laughs> it was a
1: good one, man. I'll always love talking about my favorite movie, Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> and i'll keep talking about it until i die man i love this movie uh that's great and
0: you know zach i thank you so much for kind of being bold and putting it out here because because you know this is going on in the internet and this can be up forever <laughs> I know. and you're gonna stand by this for the rest of your life and i'll defend you i'll defend you with with I everything it. i have <laughs> thank, and, you. Uh, <laughs> thank you uh, but to our listener, thank you so much for listening to this. We're we're going to say goodbye now. But I do want to say uh, it would be great if you stop by our website. It's going to be steellakestudio.com, steellakestudio.com. Head on over, see what we're doing. There'll be a contact form on there. If you have any suggestions, anything you'd love to hear our opinions on, what you would want us to talk about on Parallel Quest, would love to hear from you. That'll help us a lot making content going forward. So if you have a few minutes, check out steellakestudio.com. Zach, any final closing thought you'd like to say before we officially say goodbye?
1: Uh, Apparently the best astronauts we have are oil riggers. So if you see one, if you know one, thank them for their service because they saved an asteroid or saved us from an asteroid in 1998. Well, there's not much more that can be said that's better than that, but I do want to thank you for listening to this episode of Parallel Quest.
0: Please be sure to head over to our website, steellakestudio.com, to find out more about us. Thank you, Jake Butler, for supplying our bumper music, and we will see you next time on Parallel Quest.